Hi, and welcome to the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Schill, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. And I'm David Averbach, CEO and publisher. Today we are recording our bicentennial episode of iPhone Life <laughs> podcast. That means 200. We had to look it up. Yes, <laughs> we got the official term for you guys, and we are just shocked that we've been doing this 200 episodes. We launched our first episode in 2015. I know, it's really wild. We were just listening back to the first one. Our audio is so much worse, by the way. We just got these new mics. Uh, so hopefully you're all impressed with our high sound quality for our 200th yeah. episode. We bought ourselves and you guys a present for our Bicentennial episode, which is we've been working really hard on our sound quality. And it, with that in mind, we have these new fancy mics. So if you're watching the podcast, you'll see it. They're very obvious. Um, yeah. And if you're listening, hopefully we sound better. I know. So yeah, we started listening to our original episode. It was 2015. We just had launched Insider, our educational subscription. Wildly the same month. We I launched know. both. It was, it was a big month. Yeah, no, a lot happened that year. And uh, look where we are now. Look where we are now. And just, it was just to reminisce for one minute. Uh, when we started, I mean, we had no idea what we were doing. And all three of us, we didn't have a video podcast so nobody could see us. So what we did was all three of us just sat in a circle around one mic on the floor. <laughs> mm -hmm. And David still didn't know how to pronounce Sarah's name. <laughs> Apparently I didn't know Sarah. And Sarah was on the podcast at the time. Yeah. Um, and we every time we messed up, we thought we had to start all over again. We were so nervous. Um, and and, and yeah. I just remember it took us like 10 tries because we kept giggling on every take. <laughs> I know. And the iPhone 6S had just launched. Yeah. So yeah, here we are today. We're going to be talking about uh, WWDC coming up, which is Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference, where we get all the new software for all the devices. And we're also this year are expecting a mixed reality headset, which will be the first time in a really long time, Apple's come out with a totally new product category. Yeah, another rumor roundup back where we started. Yeah, so really excited for our May episode and just happy to reminisce about almost eight years of podcasting together. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> Real quick, this is maybe a long shot, but if, if anybody out there has listened to all 200 episodes, send us an email. I would love to know anybody but us has been through every single episode for eight years with us. I know. Uh, email podcast at iphonelife.com. And for all of you who have or just have been listening for a long time, thanks for doing this with us. It's so much fun. Thank you all. We have a blast doing this. Yeah. All right. So before we jump into the episode, let's hear from our sponsors. Today's iPhone Life podcast is brought to you by Zugu. Zugu makes, in my opinion, the best iPad case on the market. I've tried out a bunch and Zugu is my favorite. It's got all kinds of articulation so you can set it on a table or on your lap and always adjust it to the perfect angle. It's also a super protective case so it's going to protect your device from drops and they even guarantee this. They will cover the costs of Apple Care repairs if your device is damaged while it's in a Zugu case. I also think it looks really sharp and they've got a bunch of stylish color options to choose from. My favorite feature though is the case is magnetic so you can stick it on the fridge for out of the way storage or you can stick it right up there and stream a movie or refer to a recipe while you're in the kitchen cooking. I use it this way all the time. Find out why they've got over 75,000 five star reviews. Get your Zugu case today at ZuguCase.com. That's Z-U-G-U-Case.com. Next, I wanted to take a minute to tell you about our tip of the day newsletter. 
that's been around probably even longer than this podcast. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Probably almost 10 years. And that's been, um, uh, our newsletter where we send you something you can learn to do with your iPhone in under a minute a day. It really focuses on that joy of discovery. You don't know what you don't know. So Every morning you can open your email, learn something cool that you didn't know you could do with your iPhone and go about your day with that extra tip in your pocket. It's uh, you can go to iphonelife.com slash daily tip to sign up (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and highly recommend you do. So we have a tip that's been really popular lately. We've started um, giving you the ability to thumbs up and thumbs down our tips so we can improve the tip quality. And one that has gotten a ton of likes lately is how to use the iPhone level app. Maybe it's this, it's because it's this time of year where people are want to hang things in their house. They want to do a little home improvement. I know I've been more into it. I think it's one of those two that sort of focuses on the joy of discovery where it's really easy to use if you know, but like mm-hmm. a lot of people either don't know it exists or I regularly forget that it exists and then rediscover it. But do you use this app? I use it a lot. I do. Yeah. Cause it's like, who has a level lying around? Who has a level lying I mean, around? my dad, but <laughs> not me. <laughs> and so many times when I am uh, hanging something or putting something on the wall, I don't have another person around to give me a like, does it look level? So that's where I use it. I'll often put my phone up next to whatever I'm hanging and kind of adjust them at the same time to to make sure it's level. And I'm I have no intuitive sense of this. I cannot tell if something's level. Neither. And it's also one of those things um, that actually works really well. Like it's so it's nested in the measure app. The measure app I have used with mixed results, whereas the level app I've used with really steady, good results. So I feel like it works just as well as an actual level. It is true. I don't use the measure app and i've heard that it's not the most accurate but this is i've never had a problem it's very accurate as far as i can tell but again i can't tell so (laughs) so here's how you do it you open up the measure app on your iphone it's one of the apple's built-in apps so it's going to be there uh unless you've manually deleted it then you tap on level so um by default it's set to the measure app and that you can use by the way it uses um augmented reality to measure the space around you. And you can do things like get measurements on items in your house. But I've found that it's not always the most accurate results vary, but with the level app, so you tap on that and then you can place it on the surface that you're trying to measure. So if you have a painting on the wall, you would put it at the very top of the frame and rest it there. And then you can just make those little micro adjustments until it says zero. It'll show you the um, degree access on, on there. So if it, it's, if it's black or if it's, um, if it's black, that means it'll give you the percentage there. And that just indicates that it's not completely level. It'll turn green when you hit zero, which is very satisfying. Yeah, and you is. know, you've hit the right spot. Yeah. So um, that's our tip. You can go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips to get tips like that in your inbox every day. Next up, I wanted to take a minute to tell you about iPhone Life Insider. So David and I just mentioned we launched iPhone Life Insider in 2015. It's our educational subscription for Apple enthusiasts and lifelong learners. And we have things from like video tips that we send to your inbox every day and courses that you can join that are either live or watch on demand. You also get in-depth guides on tons of different Apple related topics. Ask an expert where you can um, email into our team of over 20 experts. And one of us gets back to you and helps you with any specific problem you're having. 
You also get a digital subscription to iPhone Life magazine. Our magazine is our original product. We've been around since the iPhone came out. So you get all access to our entire archive and also all the latest issues like our buyer's guide and best apps guide. Um, and did I miss anything? I don't think so, but I just want to put in a quick plug for some of our latest content that's just amazing. We released our, what we call the Hidden Gems Guide. And what we did is we went through the iPhone Hidden Gems Guide. So we went through the iPhone and we found all of the things that you don't know you don't know. All the little tips and tricks and hacks that will change the way you use your iPhone and make it easier to use. And it's so much fun. And we also kind of, we tried a new style with the videos where they have not only step-by-step how-tos, but these really fun roundups where you can just see at a glance like five easy things to discover on your iPhone that you didn't know. Also coming out soon, we have iOS 16.5 guide. So since I, we have an iOS 16 guide, but we have done a total refresh of that because between September and now, there have just been so many updates on the iPhone that we're going to update this guide. Finally, mm -hmm. we have coming up the photo course, photo editing course, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, so that's uh, next month in June. I'll be teaching that with our senior instructor, Colin Thomas. And we're going to do things like take landscape and portrait photos and family photos. And everyone will have them downloaded to their phones and walk you through how to adjust it to make it look better. So it's going to be really practical, hands-on, applied uh, skills for making your photos really shine. So go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount and you'll get 30% off an annual subscription to iPhone Life Insider in time for the 16.5 guide coming out, the iOS 16.5 guide coming out and the photo editing course, which is about to drop. So again, that's iphonelife.com slash podcast discount for 30% off. Plus, if you're a senior veteran teacher, service personnel, or student, you get an extra 10% off. So <laughs> you get up to 40% off just for listening to this podcast. Fun fact, we just added teacher to this, although we should have had it for a while. So if yeah. you are a teacher and you've been waiting, now is your moment. You get an extra 10% off. Yep. So we have a recent insider question they wrote in to our Ask an Expert service, and they wanted to know how to save insider on their phone so they can access it more easily. Um, so the answer to this is that you can actually create an app icon on your home screen. And if you tap that, it'll take you to any site that you save. So this is a great, this is a great tip for those of you listening, if you want to use it for insider, but also if there's just any website that you frequently visit that you want a little shortcut to get to more easily. So the answer to this is that you, um, go open Safari you need to use Safari for this, which is Apple's browser, and navigate to the site you want to go to. If it's Insider, that'll be insider.iphonelife.com. You'll log in. And then from there, you're going to hit the share icon at the bottom of your display. So that's the little square with the upward arrow that gives you all the options like texting and emailing and all that. But if you scroll down after tapping share, you'll also see this um, option that says save to home screen, or let me double check that that's the exact words. It is add to home screen. Hmm. I apologize. So you'll hit add to home screen. And from there, usually like the titling of it will be a little too long. Um, I think ours is iPhone life insider, which I like to shorten just to insider. Mm -hmm. Cause it's nice to just have one word on your home screen and then tap add. And it will automatically be saved as an app icon on your home screen. And anytime you tap it, it'll take you to that site. And I love this tip. I mean, not only is it relevant to insiders, because it's a great way to access all of our content, 
But in general, it's something that I always forget exists. And there's so many websites that I go to regularly that I don't use the app for. And this is a really nice shortcut to that. So I'm not constantly navigating to it from, uh, from Safari. I don't have to open up Safari, type it in, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So that was Tony who wrote in with that, uh, with that question and answer. Thanks, Tony. And um, I wanted to take a break. Before we get into all of our WWDC rumors, we have another sponsor message. Today's iPhone Life podcast is brought to you by OWC. OWC makes super high quality gear for Mac, iPad, and iPhone. They make the best portable solid state hard drives on the market. They're super durable and they're also small and sleek. They're perfect for moving or storing photos and videos from your Mac or your iPad Pro, which is how I use mine. If you're a MacBook Pro user, you know the struggle of not having enough ports or the right kind of ports to connect something to your computer. OWC also makes docks and adapters which solve this problem for you. I keep the OWC travel dock in my computer bag all the time and it saved me so many times. Just last week, I used it to connect my MacBook Pro to the TV in our hotel room. They also sell used Macs, iPads, and iPhones. So if you're looking to update your device and not break the bank, check them out. You can find OWC by going to their website, macsales.com. That's M-A-C-S-A-L-E-S.com. Today's iPhone Life is brought to you by Eargo. Eargo makes a smart hearing aid that is virtually invisible. It's the perfect device for techie people with mild to moderate hearing loss. You can control the way you hear from your iPhone with immersive EQ controls that can be matched to whatever environment you're in. I think that's so cool. They also have a team of audiologists and hearing specialists that you can talk to over the phone or via their website. They're currently offering a free sample so you can try it out and see if it's a good fit. You can find Ergo at their website, ergo.com. That's E-A-R-G-O. So I did want to read out a comment from a listener. Um, as you may remember, our last episode was dedicated to smart home. David uh, and I both have a smart home setup that we shared all of our tips and tricks for. And we asked you what your favorite smart home products are. Um, and if you had any just comments on setting up a smart home, because as if you listen to it, you'll know setting up a smart home is pretty involved. And there are so many different products, product categories. So we covered our favorites, but it was fun to hear from everyone else as well. Yeah. So Robert wrote in, he says, favorite smart home product is a leak de leak detector, which is not one that either of us had. Set yeah, up I actually have tested it years ago and I liked mm. it as well. And it's one of those where, you, you know, you hope to never use it. Yeah. But it's really nice to have that peace of mind. We live in Iowa, so we have leaky basements, I would say. And so yeah. I had in my basement and every once in a while I'd go off and I would have to go down there. So yeah, I, it was another really good one as well. So he says the alert prevented big problems when sump pump and battery based backup sump pump both stopped working at Ooh, the same time. Dang. Yeah. That no. probably saved thousands. Everything for smart home that I have come that I have has come from the Apple store, a Wemo plug, two leak detectors, two Eve energy plugs, three Eve door contact sensors, and two Eufy battery cameras for outdoor use with a base inside. So that's actually a good hack too. Um, we talked a lot about wanting to use 
about um, how it's better to use Apple HomeKit compatible gear. If you're buying stuff from the Apple store, it's all going to be HomeKit compatible. So that's like, kind of makes it easier just knowing that. Is that I, true? Actually, I, I wonder. I haven't. It's been a while since I've yeah. browsed smart stuff. Definitely, I guess that's it's an more assumption. likely. But yeah, still keep an eye out. Look at the box. I see the Eufy cameras are no longer shown in the Apple Store, and I heard your not recommended comments. Hopefully, being outside only is not a problem. Any comments on that are welcome. Yeah. So I have one and really love it. So I'm with you. It's one of those things that. The privacy concerns for that are more macro than micro, so you're unlikely to encounter any problems with it, but they just were claiming it was encrypted in a way that it actually was not, uh, which just made it a little bit more susceptible. I believe they've actually fixed it. I'm not 100% sure, but I would say don't worry about it. If you're buying a new one, maybe steer clear or do your research, because I obviously have done limited research on this recently, but um, I think you're fine if you have one. I, I certainly didn't bother to replace mine. Thanks for writing in, Robert. And now we're going to get right into our WWDC rumors and uh, expectations. Yes, I'm excited. Yeah. So, David, I feel like you usually get us started by giving a little background on what <laughs> WWDC is. Eight right? years now. Let's take a step back and talk about <laughs> WWDC. <laughs> so, okay. WWDC stands for Worldwide Developer Conference. And what it is is each June, Apple holds a conference for developers of software for all of their operating systems. Most of that is not that relevant to the average listener unless you happen to be a developer, but what they do is in the beginning of the conference, they have a keynote where they announce, they, they have announcements. So the main thing they're gonna announce is new operating systems. And that's the main thing we're gonna cover today is rumors around new operating systems. So we'll learn what will be included in iOS 17. We'll learn what will be included in iPadOS 17. Every like Mac, uh, you know, all of those different products, we will learn what will be included. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is every once in a while, they will announce new products. Typically, long-time listeners will obviously know this, but typically Apple releases new products in the fall, September, but sometimes they will release new products early in June. So there is a small chance of that happening as well. Like at least um, announce them. Yeah. At WWDC, it does occasionally happen, but we will give the disclaimer that there's rumors every year of products that will be announced at WWDC, and a lot of times they're not true, and they don't come out till the fall. Yes, and then the last disclaimer is, similarly, they announce the new operating systems, but typically the iPhone operating systems will come out with the new phones mm -hmm. later in the year, in September or October. And then the um, Mac operating systems comes out with the new Mac. So it might come out pretty soon, depending on what they release. But odds are it'll come out in like November timeline. Yeah. And um, in future episodes, we will talk about the public beta. There are uh, There is the option to install some of the software early on your devices and be among the people who are testing out the new features, but you get the bugs and glitches along with it. So it'll help you decide if that's something you want to do. Otherwise, you'll be waiting till the fall to actually get your hands on these features. But, you know, time flies. So it's fun <laughs> to hear about the, uh, the software that is coming your way pretty soon. And one final disclaimer before we start reading through these rumors. Hardware rumors tend to be more reliable because Apple typically starts producing these products before they announce them. So typically by the time the iPhone is released, at least in recent years, you have a pretty good idea of what it's going to look and feel like. Software rumors are harder because Apple can keep them a lot more secret. So 
we're going to give you all these rumors we're reading about. Some of them are often deliberately leaked by Apple, so we'll, so they may be accurate, but like all of these take with a grain of salt. Yeah. So let's talk about iOS 17 first. Um, you know, we like to talk about compatibility, what we're expecting before we get into all of that. So you can tell whether this will be compatible with your iPhone at all. Uh, what I was reading is that it'll be compatible with the iPhone 10 and later. Okay. And do you happen to know off the top of your head what the iPhone 6, what iOS 16 is compatible with? Um, iPhone 8 and later, but there are, um, some, some of the, wow, <laughs> some of the features are only available on later devices. There's like, oh, a, okay. I feel like that's become more common actually with the, with the iOS that a lot of the features will be compatible with a certain device and later, but then they save some of them just for like devices that have the hardware to, um, to support it. Like live activities yeah. is an example of that. That's not compatible with all devices. And this makes sense too, because typically what they do is each operating system, they sort of exclude one additional phone. So fun fact, there was never an iPhone nine. So it makes sense that if iOS 16 was iOS iPhone eight and later then iOS 17 would be iPhone 10 and later. That's true. Yeah. Um, so what features are you most excited about that you've been reading? Oh man. I mean, it's so hard to tell without actually seeing this stuff, but I think the one that kind of a couple that jumped out at me is number one. Uh, this was a rumor that just leaked yesterday. So we'll see. But uh, a new and revised Maps app mm. that's going to have a turn-by-turn directions on the lock screen, but not take up the whole lock screen. That sounds nice. In general, I really love that you can have the turn-by-turn directions on the lock screen. But if you're navigating somewhere, you're often still, especially if you're walking, if you're driving, it's a different story. But if you're walking, you're often still wanting to access your phone if a text message comes in and you end up in this really weird view where you all it's basically like the maps app is open all the time so having a modified version where you can still see your texts that sounds exciting it's similar to me to um going like full screen on your mac which is like a complete screen takeover you can't do anything else and yes, i hate that kind of exactly. feels claustrophobic so it's similar with the maps app now where you can't do anything and um with the mock-up that that we saw it showed it still looks like a full screen takeover, but then you can see your notification indicator at the bottom and you also still have access to your camera and flashlight at the bottom like you would on any other lock screen. Yeah, um, so that one sounds cool. The other one, which is another lock screen thing, apparently I'm excited about lock screens, yeah. uh, just improving on their lock screen functionality from last time. So yeah. apparently new fonts, new custom lock screens, like just a lot more options for that. Cause I really enjoyed all their changes to lock screens. I have fun playing with it, mm-hmm. but definitely there's room to go. There's definitely a lot more they can do. That would be fun. We got so many people writing into us asking how to change the font size with the new lock screens with iOS 16. Cause Apple created like different colors and fonts that you can use, but they're all enormous yeah. for the time. Yeah. And so uh, a big rumor is that you'll actually be able to change the font size. Um, another one is that you can create custom lock screens and then share them with friends, similar to the way you can do with Apple Watch faces, which would be fun. This is a pretty minor thing, but one little pet peeve of mine is Apple introduced a pretty cool like depth effect where you can mm-hmm. have the text in the photo overlap. But you can't do that and show widgets at the same time. I know, time. I hate that. And I always want widgets. And so it, it drives me crazy that it's kind of one or the other. 
and I'll always end up going for the functionality over like what looks pretty. A lot of Apple watch faces, it's the same. They have fun, uh, like dynamic watch faces, but it doesn't have any of the complications or hardly any room for them. And And then I always end up with a really boring one. So I have the complications. So hopefully they kind of let us have our cake and eat it too and allow us to have these fun effects while still having complications and widgets. Yeah, I hope so too. Uh, Any that you're really excited about? Um, just on the lock screen topic, I I was reading too that you'll get Apple Music lyrics playing on the lock screen when you're listening to music, which oh, I think would be fun. nice. I like actually really like seeing the lyrics when I'm listening to music. Like there's Me so too. many times I'm like, wait, what did they say? I, I don't know. I'm like, I get particularly into lyrics when I'm listening. So I like that. That's fun. Especially now with the um, Apple's new Apple Music Sing karaoke feature, it would be nice to be able to have it on your lock screen. Um that, by the way, is going to be covered in the iOS 16.5 guide. Yes. And I actually have used it. Have I you? Hear, no, I hear it's great. I've been looking for a good excuse to have karaoke because I hear yeah. it's great. Did you like it? So it's a good pairing with that. It is great because you usually you have to find these kind of um, bad quality backing tracks on YouTube yeah. and listen to ads and stuff unless you have YouTube premium. And so this lets you get right past that and dial up and down the background singing but a nice thing about that is you don't have to get rid of it entirely. Exactly. So you don't have to make as much of a fool of yourself. Well, and that's the thing is like, I'm, I mean, as you well know, I'm a terrible singer, but like I can sort of match a tune if I hear it. But yeah. if you just have the background music, I just start off completely off tune and remain off tune. So like, I feel like our duet at company week was actually pretty compelling. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> don't tease that. Otherwise people are going to make us post it. <laughs> yeah. It was, what was it? It was John Prine. Yeah, that was, yeah. It was, yeah, it, but I, it was I mean, compelling. we got a lot of applause, yeah, but maybe people were just messing I'm with us. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> if you have a little bit of the background, it helps. So yeah, the higher quality, for those like karaoke, test it out. Because I've been really interested in it. Because I think the karaoke options right now are not that great. And it's yeah. really fun. If you haven't done karaoke in a while, it's actually surprisingly fun. So other features I'm excited about, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> We could just talk about karaoke the rest of the time or um, control center. That's one. Like I love control center. I use it all the time. Um, But there are certain limitations that I think they could improve. So some of the things I've been looking at, like I keep on hearing a redesigned control center, but I'm like, what does that mean? And it's hard. Yeah. This it's hard to know until we see it. That's definitely, I'd say the biggest rumor I'm hearing. And so probably the most likely is I would bet quite a bit of money that we'll see a redesigned control center. So one thing is that it's annoying right now. You have to go into the settings app to edit your control center and go to a thing there. But like, why can't you just, con- why can't you just edit it straight from control center? That like you can point. a home screen, like yeah. you think you could press and hold and like go into jiggle mode and X out what you don't want. So I hope they do that. Also, um, they have certain defaults there that you can't remove. Mm. And that seems dumb to me too. Like, why can't we choose exactly what we want there? Um, then there are things like, Right now, you can actually go and add um, smart home controls to your control center, but it will choose what it wants, what controls it wants to give you instead of letting you actually customize that to just what you want. There are a few things like that where I feel like Apple likes to be like, know what's best for you as opposed to like, yeah, letting you do it Apple yourself. Loves that. Um, a 5G toggle I was reading about and like an actual air, like AirPod specific control. Whereas right now, when you plug in your AirPods, it will... Um, when you go to the volume slider, it'll show the AirPods icon to show that it, you are controlling AirPods volume and not your actual phone itself. 
but um, I think it should just have its own like AirPod section. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot that they can do. I'm actually a little bit intrigued by the 5G toggle. I Me don't too. know about you, but like I've had this experience where sometimes it will like connect me to 5g but i don't have great connection and it actually ends up being way slower and being able to toggle that off in those situations would be really helpful yeah i haven't paid close enough attention to notice that correlation but that makes sense what i my experience and what i've read online is that like 5g is super promising but the actual lived experience is not that exciting i have yeah. never once been like wow i can't believe how fast my phone is now that i'm on 5g no, neither. And I, I wasn't sure if that's because we live in Iowa or if that's everyone's experience. I think it's a pretty universal experience. I think if you're in very specific locations, like right next to a tower, it helps. But like, even if I'm in a big city like Chicago, it still doesn't feel that much faster. It really didn't make a big difference to me. Yeah, it didn't to me either. Um, so you asked me what, my, what I'm excited oh, yeah. about. Yeah, One, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Wall Street Journal came out with a report, I think last week, about a like health coach in your pocket feature with so iOS 17. I'm so interested in that. It's one of those ones that like it's kind of one of the flashier ones. Like what we talked about so far, they would be nice improvements, but feel just kind of like tweaks on what was already there. But this would be a completely new thing um, where it would do things, you know, it would track things like your um mood and what else like, i can't trying to remember <laughs> <laughs> i didn't read the i read the description but i didn't get into too much details so i'm a little bit the jury's out for me i could see it going either way sometimes yeah. apple does these features and they feel either invasive or like cheesy but sometimes they're great i will say that apple added recently when you're working out kind of like similar to orange theory where they have the different colors correlating to your heart rate and you're trying to keep an orange mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed that so I could see them doing a lot of like using AI to customize your like whatever prompts they give you in an interesting way what else did you hear about it though so um it's it's they're like codenaming it move and that it, the, that's like what they think the app will be called and that it will, the idea is to have not just exercise motivation, but also track things like eating habits and sleep and use AI to customize it to you. And that sounds really interesting to me because, um, like that's something I've been wanting more in the exercise area is that it will be like, give me more personalized advice. Like, Hey, seems like you didn't sleep well last night. Maybe you should go lighter on the workouts today. <laughs> like stuff yeah. like that would keep me more hooked in if I feel like it, like I should wear uh, my Apple watch and keep my iPhone around and log things all the time. Cause then it's going to give me really relevant advice, which right now I don't feel like is really the case. And especially things like, I mean, I've always dabbled with some of these types of apps and like calorie trackers and they're just basic. Like they're really not that advanced. And so if they did it really intelligently and integrated it, I could see it being really interesting, but I don't know. To me, the jury's still out on this one because it seems su like such a departure from what Apple typically does. It does. And I think for me, a big thing will be um, how much work it is to log everything. If, it, if they make it like easy to check in, then it'll be nice. But I actually do already have some journaling apps that keep on asking me my mood and I find it annoying. So it'll be interesting <laughs> to see if it's like that. I'm like, I just want to journal. Stop asking me how I'm doing. I think I'm just traumatized by <laughs> Apple telling me to breathe all the time. And yeah. I'm like, if it tell if they find another way to remind me to breathe, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I don't know, David. I feel like this one might piss us off. We'll just it have might. to see. Speaking of journaling apps, this is another one. So there's a rumor yeah. that Apple is going to include a journaling app. So this seems interesting to me and, and like the things I'm reading almost confuse me. Like some of them make it sound like this health coaching feature might also have a journaling function. And then other rumors are making it sound like 
the journaling app will be its own thing. I hope Apple has a separate password protected journaling app that is um, more like day one. A lot of us in the company love yeah, day one. Day one was what I was imagining. Which I, I pay a decent premium a year for because it has you can create different journals. It has a lot of different um, a lot of different features that make it appealing. Like, well, it's password protected in a way that's more convenient than Apple's Notes app. It um, you can add different media to it in a way that's nice and create like visually appealing layouts. You can share it if you want to social media. Even though I've never wanted to do that, um, but if Apple had something that was free and it was as good as day one i would be very excited yeah people love day one i do have to say there's a part of me having been in this industry so long that get, gets a little bit annoyed at apple swooping in because i actually know the yeah. day one guys and they're great they're really nice people and so just imagining apple come in and just come out with a free copy of theirs I don't know. I, I don't love when Apple comes and rips off independent public uh, developers to be honest but it's true and they do it all the use time it. yeah exactly um I have one that is potentially really interesting, but I think is one of the more speculative ones. And it stems from this lawsuit with, um, I believe it's Epic, the, the, ma the maker of Fortnite. Do you remember this? Mm -hmm. mm, no. So Fortnite is well, like insanely, insanely popular video game. And how it works is that it's free, but they charge you for outfits for your character, basically. It's a shooter game. And they had it on the iPhone, but then... Apple was taking 30% of this and Fortnite, the maker Fortnite sued them and basically said that Apple shouldn't be doing that. It was a monopoly, et cetera, et cetera. And that they should allow third, they should allow uh, manufacturers to sell things in their store with or developers sell things in their store without charging it. They, uh, Fortnite, uh, they lost the case, but there's a lot of rumors that Apple w is slowly caving to this sort of thing and might allow third-party app stores so oh. right now everything goes through the apple app store but obviously in other operating systems like android you don't need to go through the google app store so that would be really interesting uh i don't know that apple will cave but that would be a really interesting one it seems far-fetched to me like it doesn't seem like something apple would do but it'd be cool well, I think they have no interest in doing it, except that I think reg there's some fear that the regulators are coming for them and yeah. they might get out ahead of it. That'd be an interesting one. The last one I'm reading is a wallet app redesign, yeah. which would be great, I think. Um, physical layout may be the main thing changed, though we can, it's, I'm, we may see features like Apple Pay later looped in. So I'm not getting a totally clear idea of what this um, redesign would be, but I do feel like the wallet app, if they did um, make improvements to it, it might even bring it closer to like not having to carry physical cards with you. I think it's, I, I again, these are totally speculative because there's not a lot of details on any of these, but my impression would be that it would be Apple is releasing a lot of wallet type features recently. They have Apple Pay later. They now have a checking account that you can just tie to your Apple card. And the app is pretty limited for how many features they currently have. So my guess is it would just be a more feature rich app yeah. and a little bit easier to navigate given that Apple's added so many features. That's we'll what see. I'm hoping for. Uh, before we move on to iPad OS 17 and watch OS 10 and Mac OS 
whatever it is, 14. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, we did have a couple wish list items. From I David. added some wish lists. Okay. Both of these, sadly, I have been asking for for years. Um, so don't hold your breath. I really, really think we need a password app. So right now, Please. like we just wrapped up our security course and the, the options are basically use a third party password app, such as Bitwarden, which we like, or use iCloud Keychain. I really love using iCloud Keychain because it's baked into Apple's operating system. It's really easy to use and it automatically syncs across all of my Apple devices. But it's kind of a pain to manage the passwords. They do have it in settings, but it's not doesn't have all the features that yeah. they have for these password management apps. And I would just love it if they just had a dedicated app that was as feature rich as, say, Bitwarden that was baked into the operating system instead of having to go deep in settings, which first of all is a hassle. And second of all, just doesn't have all the features I need. Yeah, right now it's it works really well once you set it up, but I think people have a lot of confusion about like where does it live because you've got the settings app section for it and then you have to do certain things with your Safari settings. And it would be really nice if it's a kind of like under the hood now. And if they just made it its own app, that just I feel like clicks for people in a way that right now I can tell you from the course and having hundreds of people there, they're like, wait, what is iCloud keychain? Yeah. Where is it? It's confusing to people. And you can do things like you store credit card information. You can store information in those apps that may not be password related, but say social security numbers, pass mm -hmm. or passport numbers. You can generate passports within or passwords within an app. So right now iCloud keychain generates a password when you're on a website, if you need it to, Unless it doesn't notice and doesn't want to do it. And then I have to figure out a password anyway. Does this ever happen to you? Mm -hmm. It happens to me all the time where I'm creating an account. I need to generate a password and iCloud Keychain just hasn't kicked in. Or there's like different rules around this particular password that doesn't match how iCloud Keychain does it. And there's all of these things that just need an app to be able to manage properly. Yeah, that, that was a, a really good one on my part. I see you also have multi-user. Yeah, a... this literally I've been asking for probably since 2015. Yeah. And they have it for Mac where you can have multiple users connected to a Mac and they just have yet to roll it out on an iPhone or on an iPad. It's and especially egregious on the iPad, I think, yeah, to not have. iPads are so often family devices and anybody who has kids knows that like, you really need separate accounts. You do not want to just hand over a device and let them have full reign over this device. Yeah. They, they just instantly start navigating your text messages, your photos, like everything. And you just want to like, you want to have them have their space where they have all of their games. They could even have their photos and you have your space. And it really seems long overdue. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. So hopefully we'll get some of those. Um, when it comes to iPad OS 17, I have not seen that many rumors except for that we'll probably get a health app for the iPad, which it's one of those ones similar to weather, which we just got last year on the iPad where you're like, wait a second, yeah. why don't we have that app already? Uh, I feel like iPad OS is in, still in a bit of a weird place where it's like Apple split them into two separate operating systems, but for the most part, they just are iPad OS 17 will just be iOS 17, but on the iPad. And then sometimes they have special features, but a lot of times it's only a few. The big rumor that I'm excited about is the potential to basically a revamped stage manager. So mm. Apple introduced stage manager to iPad OS 16, as well as to the recent Mac operating system. Mm -hmm. And it was mostly, I think, designed for the iPad as an attempt to allow you to multitask better. 
And I will say multitasking is better on the iPad than it used to be, but Stage Manager seemed like it had a lot of potential, but didn't quite reach that potential. It never quite worked that well. And so if they revamped it, I, I could see it working well. What I've been saying for years is the iPad has a really powerful processor. Apple really wants it to be a laptop replacement, but it hasn't quite gotten there in part because of the operating system and the lack of multitasking. Like the Mac operating system is just so easy to multitask in a way that the iPad is not. And so Stage Manager was supposed to solve that. In my opinion, it did not. But I would be curious if they could, you know, I'm glad they're continuing to play with it because eventually, hopefully, they will solve this. Yeah, like Stage Manager, I really, I was excited about it at first because it's fun to use. It was like cool and different, but yeah. it just never became a part of my everyday usage on either device. And I think like on the Mac personally, it wasn't really needed. Like we yeah. already have, like the Mac already works great the way it is. I hated it on Mac. I'm not going to lie because um, it like kind of hit everything and it made it a more limited usage, Yeah. which on a Mac, I just want to be able to use how I always use it. I wanted to like it on the iPad. I think I could get there because it does, it gets you closer yeah. to a Mac operating system on an iPad, which is what I've always wanted. But uh, it, it didn't quite get there for me and I didn't end up using it that much. It still feels like a little complicated and like it doesn't quite give you the level of manual control that you want. Yeah. And yeah, on my Mac, it's straight at me. I'm like, stop hiding things from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and it let tried me get to, back like, to where <laughs> it tried to use AI to figure out what to show you. And it was like, no, just let me access everything. It's fine. I don't need you to choose this. I know. Totally. Watch OS 10. So iPad OS 17, you know, hopefully they'll fix stage manager and make it something we actually like. Watch OS 10, I'm more excited about. Like yes. um, a lot of the rumors are saying it's gonna be a pretty extensive upgrade. And that will get widgets on the Apple Watch, like ones that are really tailored to the Apple Watch and to the smaller screen, which I feel like we really need. I am so curious about this one. Like I can't imagine what a widget on an Apple Watch would look like because it's so such a small screen. But Apple, I think, does a good job with this sort of thing. So I'm really curious to see what it'll be. And I'm, I, I think Apple Watch is due for an overhaul. Like it's pretty much had the same operating system since it was released. Yeah, I'm imagining with the with the widgets, I feel like if they worked a lot like live activities yeah. on the latest Apple um, iPhone Pros, then that could be really cool where it's giving you like, up, you know, up to the minute, up to the second updates on whatever it is app you're using. Speaking of live activities, I have heard that Apple's going to revamp that for iOS 17 as well. Do you like I find that I was really excited about it. And then I haven't seen any apps really use it effectively. Have you? Apple's clock app. Yeah, actually literally so the only one the and timer, it's great i was gonna say i use it all the time for timers both when i'm cooking at home and also at the gym like a lot of times i'll be like holding something for a minute or whatever mm -hmm. and it's great for that because your phone can go to sleep and it'll show you the seconds counting down so that's super useful but all the stuff that apple promised um i haven't like there's only like a handful of apps that use live activities right now it is nice for things like um uber eats or yeah. calling a cab it'll show you um how close your ride is yeah i love it for the clock yeah and i pretty much never see it for other apps so i but i love the idea of it so i'm hoping it gets a ruled out more by third-party developers and b that apple continues to improve it yeah my theory is it's going to be kind of like message effects where it's going to take a while for people to catch on to it but then they will use yeah, it all the time i think that's a good comparison yeah uh what about mac os 14 
I didn't hear that much about it. I mean, you can see I have one note here, which is basically small update. So I, I, I yeah. think, you know, some of it might just be nothing's leaked, but I think the rumors are basically small improvements on that. It's not going to be a major overhaul. And by the way, iOS 17, the rumors are a pretty large overhaul as well. So obviously we went yeah. through a lot of the details, but big picture, the rumors are Apple sometimes alternates years where they have a big update than a small update. And this is rumored to be a pretty large update. So well, that I'm excited about. Yeah, I'm excited too. Um, I'm also really excited that we might get new products. Yes. Um, so let's start with Max. Um, the one that I've been really reading a lot about and that I'm personally hoping for is a 15-inch MacBook Air with yeah. the M3 chip. I'm really interested in this. So to and back, that seems pretty likely. You know, <laughs> I am the resident skeptic when it comes to uh, devices at WWDC. Every year I say, every year we hear rumors that there's going to be devices announced at WWDC. And every year I say they don't usually announce them. And usually I'm right. Yeah. And I get, you know... I get a little ego boost by being my <laughs> like clever pundit. But in this case, I actually think I'm going to be wrong. I think that they will release these. There's so many rumors around them that I think it's happening. Yeah. So to back up a little bit there right now, we have Apple's basically divided their Mac line into two different, their MacBook line into two different MacBooks. They have the MacBook pros, which are amazing, but they're insanely expensive. And then the MacBook air, which are really powerful computers, probably the best computer for most people um, based on just price to value of computer, but they only have, what, 14-inch or is it 13-inch? Uh, they have 13-inch. They only have 13-inch. That's inch, what I have, Which yeah. is probably too small of a monitor for a lot of people. So you end up having this decision where it's a powerful enough computer, it's light, it's affordable, but you have to have a smaller screen size or you get this really expensive computer, which is amazing in order to get the biggest screen size. So th I think they're trying to solve this with an, a MacBook Air that's 15 inch, which is if they come out, the reason why you're excited about it is that like, I think it'll be the best computer for most people. I think so too. Yeah. So I have the, M the original M1 MacBook Air. It's 13 inches, like David said, and it has the M1 chip in it, which I've found to be really amazing, especially for the battery life. But I would say that I've started to notice um, like there's some limitations on how many apps I can have running at the same time, like things yeah. like that. Um, so I think that having the M3 chip would be really amazing just for power and probably even a better battery life, even though I love how great the battery life is on the MacBook Air compared to any other laptop I've ever had. It's so good. It's so good. Um, so for anyone listening who doesn't have one of Apple's own silicon chips, um, I think that getting one is a, is a really great idea. And this would be an awesome time to buy it because the 15-inch display makes a big difference. And also, since Apple came out with this original one, they've improved the webcams um, like in... The MacBook Air, the M2 one, mm -hmm. has a higher uh, 1080p webcam, and this one will, I presumably, too, whereas the one I have is pretty terrible. Yeah, definitely. When, when Don is saying now is a good time to buy it, what she means is after the announcement. Yeah. So everybody hold off all computer purchases till after the announcement is what I would recommend. For sure. And then see what they announce. But I think there's a pretty good chance that they'll announce, like we're saying, the MacBook Air 15-inch with the M3 chip, which will be 
a really good purchase option for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, I think in this podcast, we buried the lead a little bit, Donna, because the VR headset is a big rumor. And that's one I, wouldn't you also say, like, is happening pretty much. It's it's like, it would be surprising if it didn't happen at this point. There's so many rumors going on. And Apple, I would think if it wasn't going to happen, would have leaked a rumor saying it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. If they don't release it, I would guess their stock price will just tank. Like, everybody's waiting for this. No, the rumor levels are like, so in June, we're getting the reality headset. Like, it's not like, uh, it's not really being talked about as a maybe happening kind of thing even. And so, I mean, the rumors for this device have been out for years. I mean, it's been so long in coming. Obviously, Facebook has the Oculus and um, Microsoft has a VR headset solution. And Facebook in particular, just going all in thinking that this is the future of all technology mm-hmm. and i'm so curious to see what apple does with it i know me too yeah so the, a lot of what the rumors have been saying that we've been following is that you know we're going to get at some point augmented reality glasses and apple's also working on a vr headset and it sounds like this device will be more like a VR headset, um, but with so. some with some augmented reality elements to it. The AI glasses is a bigger project because um, we haven't really had any that have been that successful. Like the Apple's Google glasses didn't really take off. Um, it's hard to have like a powerful computer and something so small on your head and also imposing things onto real life. It seems to be like that. That's like an area that I think is more exciting long-term, but isn't really a solved problem yet. Yeah, I really think that is, I completely agree. I think that is the future. Because if you imagine you're able to fit a powerful computer into glasses that that like project things into real life, suddenly you can imagine a world where it replaces both a computer and an iPhone and an iPad. That's the only device you need. And that I think is why everybody's so excited is this could really disrupt the entire industry. But I completely agree that we are not there. But it is, it's a cool thing about it would be a complete paradigm shift, like going to work, like you wouldn't even need computers that you're looking at, like everything could be done um, just on regular space with everyone wearing glasses potentially. But I I think that's like a ways off. I think we're at least five years out from that, which is actually not that far, but yeah. Um, And you know, I have an Oculus. It's really fun. It's really powerful if you've never, have you ever tried it? Mm, Yeah, at CES. Yeah, and that was really early days. Like, mm-hmm. they've come a long way. And it, it does do a crazy thing to your brain where it really makes you feel like you're in that world. But it's really just for yeah. games right now. Like, Facebook's trying to have it be all these, like, web browsers and all this stuff. And nobody in my... As far as I can tell, nobody's doing anything but gaming. So if Apple releases this for games, it's not that exciting for me. Yeah. Um, it's just another Oculus competitor. So the question to me is... Can they do something that's going to make it actually more useful for people other than gaming? Or is this just them dipping their toe in the water, doing an Oculus copycat, and then eventually down the road, we'll all figure out how to make this stuff useful. I know. I hope it's not just an Oculus copycat. It was cool with the Oculus. Like, I get really bad vertigo. And I remember what the demo that we did at CES, it was like dangling you over a cliff. And it was wild how much it like created that experience. But I can't imagine wearing a VR headset just for very long at a time because it makes me, me a little dizzy, like queasy even, just even when it wasn't dangling me over a cliff. <laughs> That's gotten a lot better in recent years. Really? So for most people, it's okay now. It's also a weird thing where 
our generation, we're millennials, if you're not watching, it's the last generation mm. to have this problem. Like kids do not have it they, because they've grown up with it. <laughs> I mean, we're such dinosaurs. Yeah, I know apparently. we're such dinosaurs. <laughs> um, they have this crazy game, as a side note, but it's similar to this where you take an actual wooden plank and you put it on the ground and you use your Oculus to tell the dimensions of that plank. And then you walk on it with your Oculus on and it makes it look like you're walking on a plank over a city like thousands of feet oh, in the air. Oh my God, that's and so it's scary. it's so crazy. It feels so real. <gasps> wow. You can like dangle your toes off the plank and it feels like you're like dangling your toes off and stuff. Do you use it often? No, that's it's my like, point. It's like, yeah. I, I don't game. I'm not much of a gamer. So yeah. it's not, and, and even kids, and my, what I've noticed is that kids will have fun with it for a little while and then always go right back to PlayStation Xbox. So right. it just hasn't taken off. Also- It's more of a novelty at this point. And I'm really curious if Apple is going to be able to make this- headset more than a novelty the rumors i was reading were that it was going to be like insanely expensive too like thousands have you read this well so i think because they're planning on doing more of like a limited version with this that i was reading more of the price point between 500 to a thousand okay um and that like the ar glasses down the line would be more like five thousand yeah which makes sense if you're replacing a computer and a phone and you're going to use it all day every day yeah to put that in context i have to fact check this but the oculus quest 2 which is the most recent one i think is like 250 and facebook's been developing it for years it's great so can apple do something that's going to make anybody want to spend 500 dollars on this i think it has to have practical applications which i'm trying to think like the rumors i've been reading like none of nothing seems that firm yet like they're talking about what what it'll look like apparently it's going to be like way more lightweight than anything out there um more of like a sleek design um more mixed reality elements, meaning both VR and AR. So I'm curious what that will look like with mm-hmm. AR, um, which also AR, have you played any cool like AR games? Like I know. Pokemon. I mean, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Pokemon. And then the measure app is, is Apple's <laughs> own application yeah. of it so far, but, and that's practical, but doesn't work that well. Yeah. So I do think that what, here's what I, here's my prediction for what it's worth. I think that it'll be, a fun, interesting product that mm. almost no one will use, but that Apple has <laughs> to do this because they're starting down the road of what will eventually be a product that probably replaces all of these products. So yeah. it, like, I think we'll look at it and we'll say, yeah, you probably shouldn't buy it. And we're probably right, but it makes sense that Apple's releasing it anyway, because they're starting down the road of what will be a very disruptive technology. Like this is how disruptive technology starts. It yeah. starts with a really small niche that is not useful for most people and over time grows into a mass product. Yeah, that's totally how I feel. Like for myself, I'm not like, oh, this product this year is going to change my life, but I'm really happy that Apple is like entering the space and starting to make moves because it seems like that's a step forward into this really new, um, exciting future. Totally. A couple other products and then I think we're done. Um, And neither of these, I would say, will be that exciting for most people. The Mac Pro is rumored to be coming out. Mm. The Mac Pro is Apple's like really, really powerful computer. My guess is it'll start at at least $5,000 and you could probably customize it to go upwards of $20,000, $30,000. So if you are somebody who's a professional video editor doing something that is really, really computer intensive, this will be great for you potentially. But for most of us, it's no, we're not spending five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 on a computer. And then I think they're going to, along with that, release a new monitor. So that might be interesting for people like us who use our laptops as our primary display and then want a large monitor in our home office to connect to our laptops. Um, 27-inch monitor is what I'm reading. Cool. 
I'm so curious to hear from all of you what features or products you're really hoping for with WWDC coming up. Email us at podcast at iphonelife.com and let us know. Yeah. And this is probably obvious, but we will have a follow-up immediately after WWDC to give a recap of everything announced and give our interpretation and, you know, our feedback of what we thought about it. So you have the day offhand. I know it's first yep. week of June. Uh, it's going to be Monday, June 5th. The actual WWDC keynote starts at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Um, and so we'll record it right after that. So you'll be getting it well, depending where you are in the world, we'll be recording it probably around 2 p.m. Central Time and sending it out to you that evening. Yes. So we'll, we'll give you a recap of everything and, of course, our analysis on what it means for you. And if you want to watch it, you can watch it on a Mac using Safari. You can watch on Safari on any device, as far as I know. Mm -hmm. And you can also watch on your Apple TV, which is if you have an Apple TV, and you should because it's a, they're amazing. Uh, that's my preferred way of watching. It's really fun. Yeah, well, in the show notes, we'll link to our WWDC roundup where we talk about many of the rumors we discussed today and also all the ways to watch it with links to Apple's event page and also to YouTube where they live stream as well. And I think that does it. So thanks, everyone, yeah. for tuning in to this episode and any of the other 200 that you caught. I know, David, it's been such a good 200 uh, episode run. I almost a 200 year run. <laughs> it feels like 200 years, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see what the next 100 episodes there bring. There you go. Uh, but stick around, insiders. We have some, we have a special section for you all. Yes. See you next time. Bye, everyone. Thanks, everyone.